0: Ah, It's good to see you. Did you have a good Christmas? Yes. I had a great Christmas. First Christmas in seven years with my grandchildren. So it was a special time. We, we went up to Palm Springs and uh, Christmas Eve, we went and we found a... Uh, church that had a beautiful candlelight service so we were all there and I was very surprised especially with the two little guys one's four and the other's two they sat quiet for a whole hour and a half they really were they were incredible and they weren't asleep believe me (laughs) and uh, they had a blast when they lit the candles and then the next day uh, because of my son many of you may not know this but I'm acrophobic so I'm really nervous on heights But Christmas morning, we got up, and instead of opening presents, we had a little devotional, and then we went up. Well, we had the devotional afterwards. But we went up to, there's there's a cable car that goes 8,600 feet straight up into a mountain. And they talked me into going on that thing. (laughs) And I was, my prayer life was really powerful. (laughs) Jesus, Lord Jesus, no earthquake now, please, no earthquake now. Okay. I'm excited about being here. Uh, this was unexpected. You were supposed to hear a real preacher, Pastor Danny. But I called uh, Insong and I said, listen, I'm in town for one more Sunday. I forgot about that. We're getting back from Palm Springs on Saturday. Would you and Danny want to use me again? And they said, "Yes." Yeah, so we appreciate that. So. And I'm going to miss Insong. He's going to leave Tuesday. I will leave Wednesday, but I will not be going to Manila. I'll be going to Hawaii, because, uh, well, I have two supporting churches there, and my brothers live there, so we'll be doing some ministry. In fact, I'm, you can pray for both Dee and I on Saturday the 11th, I think it is. Anyway, the second Saturday of January, I'll be doing the seminar for men for pornography. It's called the Freedom of Authentic Manhood, and Didi's doing, she's now developed a really good seminar. It's about six hours long, but it's called Lies That Women Believe. It's based on a book, and uh, so we, we may be presenting both of those. So yeah, there will be some beach ministry, I promise you, but there's also not, it's not, it's not all vacation. We'll be meeting with people and, and uh, getting to know them. Let me uh, share with you what, uh, what we're going to talk about. The Lord's funny, I had another message already planned, and after talking and uh, seeking some advice from my brothers, the Lord uh, started my mind Starting from Palm Springs yesterday, I started driving and I started thinking about what would I do if I did a different message today? And um, this is what I came up with. What does it mean to disciple? And the reason is, is because that's what we're telling you to do all the time. That is the mantra of CCF, is disciple and be discipled. Disciple and be discipled. Let, Let me read you one of my favorite stories and um, again if you've already heard it just bear with me this was a lawyer who was prosecuting a controversial case let me put this down here and this is he's got the witness on the stand listen to what he says now mr jones did you or did you not on the date in question or at any other time, previously or subsequently, say or even intimate to the defendant or anyone else, whether friend or acquaintance, or in fact a stranger, that that the statement imputed to you, whether just or unjust, and denied by the plaintiff, was a matter of no consequence or otherwise. Answer, did you or did you not? The witness pondered a while and looked at him and said, did I or did I not? What? (laughs) What? right? I mean, I'm like, and, and see, that's my point. Disciple, disciple, disciple. What, what does that mean? Are, are you in discipleship? What, what what do you mean, am I in discipleship? I come to church on Sunday. Isn't that discipleship? I go to a Bible study at the house. Isn't that discipleship? So I felt led by God to do one of the things that I love doing. I one of the things I have in my, I have a, a toolbox, I call it, in my computer. It's called a discipleship toolbox. And I have all kinds of things to try and help men and women in discipleship. And one of the things I started, it, I named it meanings. Meanings. And what I do is I build thought processes from acrostics out of a word. Okay? In fact, the one I was going to go on today was acrostic on vision. But I thought, you know, the counsel I got and the leading I got from the Lord was probably one of the best things I could do for CCFLA, since you are in, still, you know, you're three years old, but you're still in the embryonic stage of what a church can be. And, and it's very important to us because we're not looking, we are not looking to fly into LA and see Crystal Cathedral now owned by CCF. And then we go, wow, we succeeded. That's not what we're about. Now, if you guys ever got that big and you bought the building, great, okay? Just understand you're going to spend a lot of money on glass cleaning, okay? <laughs> but, but my point is, that's, we're not here to try and produce masses of people for masses of people's sake. Folks, we want thousands of people. We want millions of people to become part of the body of Christ, whether they're called CCF or not. But what we're really interested in doing is, are those people the kind of believers that God wants us to be? Not talking about what we should be all the way. We'll never be there till we're in the presence of Jesus. But there's a difference between a Christian that is lackadaisical, not, not aggressive in his spiritual walk or her walk. They're going to heaven, why? Because we're all saved by grace through faith, so how we live does not get us to heaven. It's who we've trusted that gets us to heaven. But when we take that relationship with who we've trusted, we have two choices. We can, and many do, we can sit down for the ride, enjoy everything we can in this life, not really make an impact on many people, and go to heaven, and yeah, you know what? I'm with you, I'd rather be in heaven than in hell. There's no argument. I mean, when somebody says that to me, well, Nate, I'd much rather be in heaven than hell, I go, duh, you know? Like, wow, that that shows your wisdom. No, it just shows you're smart, right? Who wants to go to hell? Anybody here wanna go to hell? Yeah, not me either, okay? Who wants, and and there are levels of hell, very clearly in scriptures. So Satan's gonna be at the bottom of the bottom of the bottom. Hitler's gonna be way down too. And yeah, there's a very good person, a very good person who doesn't know Christ, and they may not be in suffering torture like everybody else. That's a horrible thought, I know. But here's the main thing about hell. It is outside of the presence of God Almighty. So it doesn't matter if you get a nice condo that's only got a little bit of heat. Okay? You're outside of the author of life. So there is nothing great for eternity. You know, can you imagine? Even if it was a nice place with a couch and everything else, and you're solitaire for eternity, you'd wish you'd stop existing. So that's, that's a, that's a no brainer. But here's my point you're getting to heaven just like me. I'm getting to heaven just like you. And when we get to heaven, we're gonna go to the throne of Jesus Christ. Excuse me. I didn't want it to fall out as I talked. I thought I would have been done before I got up here, but Insong gave me no warning. He, he saw me pop it in my mouth. He goes, I'll get him. No. Okay. Um you get up to heaven. And you're going to walk up to the throne of Jesus Christ and this is not what he's going to say why are you here why that's already been settled you're here because I died for you I shed my blood and you trusted in what I did so he's never going to ask any of us why are you here what he is going to ask us is you remember when you trusted me yes what did you do with that afterwards That's what I'm going to judge you on. I'm not going to look at your sins. I've forgotten your sins. I don't have amnesia. I'm God. I have the power to forget. That's how powerful God is, folks. You mean all that garbage that I did even after I trusted Christ and I used to just sit there and go, oh, God's going to kill me because I... No, those are gone. I've seen you through the blood of myself ever since the day you came to know me. What I am gonna judge you on, is what did your life statement say about me? I'm a ticket to heaven, is that what I'm about? That's it? Folks, if Jesus Christ died to save us, to give us a new destination only, every person that came to know Christ would disappear right away. Because if that's the reason, there's no reason for us to be down here unless God is a very mean, and 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 evil God who loves to torture us because I don't know about you but before I knew Christ I had no guilt problems with sin. None. I enjoyed my sin completely. Okay, now I still enjoy it but I don't enjoy it completely. I enjoy it for the season that it has pleasure and then afterwards my spirit connects with the Holy Spirit and either I have some uh, real circumstances that happen. Okay, like if I... If I speak wrong to my wife in sin, there's, there's circumstances that happen. My wife doesn't always go, oh, bless you, Nate. No, there'll be a little bit of a war for a while, and I'm reaping what I sowed, you know? And that's no fun, you know? I mean, the only question my wife <laughs> asks that I think is funny sometimes is, why do you do this? And, you know, it's, I understand her point, but it's like, does she think, I, well, I did this because I really want to hear you yell at me? Course not. I'm going, why do you do this? (laughs) You know, you know, I want to take my head and beat it. So so there may be a real circumstance, but let's say there's no circumstance. Let's say I'm, I'm I have an evil thought and none of you can hear my thought. Okay? But now because I'm owned by Christ, there's a person inside me called the Holy Spirit. And he says, I heard what you thought. Do you think that's how Jesus thinks? I didn't have to put up with that before I was saved okay I was going to hell that was the deal I can do what I want and then I live where I chose because I didn't want to be with God but when I said no I want to live with you and the deal is this I get all of God and all of eternity but he gets all of me you are bought with a price you are not your own so when you get up here and you're talking to the Lord, I'm going to tell you this. He's not going to be interested in how many times you attended worship, although that's part of your life. He's not going to be interested in did you build up a big building or did you run a successful program. From what I've seen, and we're going to look at it at the very end of this message, there was one focus Jesus had. And see, the thing that gets me is when I look at religions, folks, and especially Christianity, which I call churchianity, not real Christianity, but churchianity. Very religious. They call themselves Christian because they say they believe the Bible and all that, but it's still salvation by works. Oh, well, they say you got to believe in Christ. Yeah. You're saved by grace plus. Okay. Here's what I find. There's such a big to-do list. And you're just constantly, well, well I guess I got to do this, and then I guess I got to do that, and I guess I got to, and here's the thing. The Christian life is busy, I understand that. But what I find is Jesus Christ had a focal point that simplifies everything. And if you focus on what he focused on, all the other to-dos that he wants you to do, not everybody else, that he wants you to do, will get done. Now let me just real quick. My eldest brother is named Mark. Please pray for him. He's the only brother that I have that I'm not sure of if he's gonna be in heaven. My second oldest brother, I'm going to be preaching at his church next week in Hawaii. He's a Calvary Chapel pastor. My, my baby brother, Adam, is a RN in Hawaii, and he knows the Lord. In fact, he goes to Wayne Godero's church with his wife. Mark's a good guy. Mark's such a good guy, he's probably going to go to hell. Okay? I mean, Alan and I, Alan Mainline Heroin when he was younger, okay? That's almost a prerequisite to be a Calvary Chapel pastor. You, you have to be a killer or a drug addict. and If you're a good guy, Calvary Chapel doesn't want you, okay? Joke long, joke long, joke long. But I was a drunkard as a teenager. I, just, I, I, I used to just guzzle fifths of tequila. I, you know, my, I just, I don't know, I'm, I'm built to be an alcoholic. My favorite thing to eat with alcohol was chocolate. Yeah, I know. And I never threw up. <laughs> I mean, just. So my brother Mark was on the honor roll. My brother Mark was the original guitarist in the Doobie Brothers before they became famous. He plays guitar like Phil Kagey. He's amazing to watch. He's got a two-year electrical engineering degree, yet he has designed nuclear plants. It's just a brainiac. He's a good person. He's been married to his high school sweetheart his whole life, whole life, okay? And what's really disgusting, and I called him, his birthday is the 22nd, I called him, I said, I want you to know I hate something about you. You're older than me and you still got your hair. (laughs) Now let me tell you something about him. My brother Alan had a great talk with him years ago. And he said, Mark prayed the prayer. And then he went to a denominational church, I won't name it. And they took he and his wife, and they overloaded them with things to do. They were were just being pushed constantly, do this, volunteer, you become the music team. You you name it. And within a half a year, we're done, this is ridiculous. And they walked away and they've never gone back to church. See? Why? Because that to do stuff is not the focus that Jesus had. So we're going to take this word apart. And I want you to just think with me, if you can, today on what does it mean to disciple? What does it mean to disciple? What does it take? You know, that's all I thought about yesterday, and I felt bad because my wife and I were having such a great time, but then I started to zone out because my brain just started cranking on, and I was up till midnight last night finishing this because I just couldn't put it down. And I thought, when I think about, and believe me, I got convicted. There's some things on here that I'm looking at my life, I'm going, I'm not doing as good as I can. But they're not difficult things, folks. They're easy things, but they're honest things. Okay, they're honest things. Now we're gonna get right into it with scripture, so before I read some scripture, let's commit the time to the author. Father, thank you again so much for today. You are merciful. Because if I got what I deserved, I wouldn't be up here right now. I would have been dead a long time ago. Thank you for your mercy and grace. Help me to continue to strive To live worthy of it. I ask you to bless our time together right now. Holy Spirit of God, please find fertile soil in our heart. We just commit this time to you in Jesus' name. Amen. See, here's the one thing that I, Pastor Danny and Pastor Insong, want you to get. Why are we starting CCF churches? I mean, there's plenty of churches in this country. Just down the street, there's a nice church probably. But what we've seen is too many churches, their main focus is this, Sunday morning. This is it. And what we're saying is this, we want this, we want this very much. Hebrews 10, 24, 25 says, don't forsake it. You need to get together. Corporate worship is essential. But the most essential thing we believe is the small group interaction, which should be discipleship not just a Bible study. And we'll talk about that as I go through this. And that's what we want to represent. When somebody comes from another church to us, we're not saying we're better than they are. We're not. We're saying this is what our emphasis is. If that's not your emphasis, maybe you shouldn't come over here. Now again, our real goal is to find people who don't know Jesus Christ yet. Now when I say that, that doesn't mean they don't know him intellectually. Every American, every Filipino I know, knows Jesus Christ intellectually. But that's different than here. I mean, heaven's a matter of 13 inches, folks. Because if you don't get the knowledge of Jesus to come to the trust, okay? In other words, this morning, folks, I didn't wake up and think I'm not going to get to heaven because of some sin I committed last week. I know that I'm going to heaven because of one person. He's already done the whole work. And he, get, he offered it to me for free. And I accepted it. It's changed my life. That doesn't mean I stopped sinning. Okay? But it does change my attitude about sinning. Discipline. What do I mean? Folks, you cannot take anyone further than you yourself have gone. Now, when you start talking about discipling people, you do not judge yourself by all your disciples. Why? Because even Jesus had a Judas. But what you can do is look at what you're reproducing at the best level, and that'll help you. You know, I've got several guys I've discipled that are in the pastor right now. They love Jesus with all their heart, and I'm going, I, I can't believe that you used me to help these guys. Because if they'd only looked at the bad side of Nathan, they'd be out robbing banks right now, but they didn't. Now get this about discipline though. What I'm talking about is this. You can't have it all. Okay? Take that American concept and flush it down the CR because that's where it belongs. Life is made of choices men and women And you have to decide which is more important and which isn't. Okay? That's what you have to... You know, it's just like today, I could have woke up and stayed home with my grandkids. You know, I've got three days left with them. But Dee and I are so committed to wanting to encourage the body of Christ, and God has been so gracious to us to let us have time with our family in ways that other people... We spent, in one week in Palm Springs, we spent what a lot of people spend quality time in months with their family. We played games, we, we, we swam every day, every morning, every afternoon, every night. If you see me twitching, it's because my nine-year-old grandson gets on my shoulders, and I launch him, and I'm too old for that. <laughs> but I loved it. So we said, no, you know, I I asked you, I said, would you mind if I offer myself to preach on Sunday? And she said, okay, but do I have to come with you? No, she didn't say that. She said, yeah, that'd be great. Look, Look at this verse, but don't begin until you count the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there is enough money to finish it? Otherwise, you might complete only the foundation before running out of money, and then everyone would laugh at you. They would say, there's the person who started that building and couldn't afford to finish it. Or what king would go to war against another king without first sitting down with his counselors to discuss whether his army of 10,000 could defeat the 20,000 soldiers marching toward him, against him? Notice this verse. Don't you realize that in a race everyone runs? But only one person gets the prize. Now who's our race against? The Baptist, right? Yeah. yeah. The Methodist. No, no. You, you, know, you know you know who your race is against? Look in the mirror. That's right. Because there's two of you. There's the old man who wants to rule your life, and there's the new man. And you're in a race against both. Okay, a lot of you may not know me. Most people in CCF do know me, and I've been very open about my weight problems. Now, again, I'm in my, my less fatter pants. I have three sizes, you know, but these were looser a month ago, okay? so I'm, But I'm gonna be going back to juicing when I hit Hawaii, so I'm gonna be fine. But here's my point. I am not trying to keep my weight under control and even lose more because I'm dying to be found attractive by some young woman okay? In the first place, I've stuck with this face whether I'm fat or skinny, so I don't worry about being looked as attractive. But no, my serious point is, I'm married. I love my wife more than I can think of, okay? I'm not looking to look good so I can look in the mirror, and, you know? <laughs> there's, a, there's a bit of vanity in me, just like everyone else, but you know what the real issue is for me? Nate, you need to control your temple, This has been a life struggle for me, you know? Now, I have other victories that some of you don't. You struggle with them, okay? Not me. See, we all have our battles, but notice what he says. All athletes are disciplined. Oh, excuse me, so run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do not win a prize that will fade away. I mean, they do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize, not salvation. This is rewards from Jesus Christ himself. So I run with purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. There's where the discipline is. Get this, folks. You can't tell people what to do and then not do it yourself. Okay? You can't talk about being faithful to something and then every time there's a discipleship meeting, you say, oh, well, you know, uh, it's, the, it's, the, it's the first game of the final four and I got to stay home and watch it. Or The Hobbit just came out and I've got to go to the premier show. You know, because I want to walk down the red carpet and look at everybody. You can't do that. That's not fair. And it won't work. So when I'm talking about discipline, what I'm saying is this. If you want to be a disciple, and I'm going to give you the reason why you should want to be, but if you want to be a disciple, what is a disciple? A disciple is a person who is getting information in constantly, transformation information, okay? That means they're being discipled, and they're giving it back out to others. That's a disciple. It's not a one-way street. So if some of you here are getting taught right now, you need to start praying to the Lord, okay, now, who am I going to share this with? Otherwise, it's not a discipleship. You know what it is? It's a Bible study. Okay? There's nothing wrong with Bible studies, but that's not the end goal. So, discipline means this. I can't do it all, so I have to make choices. If I want to do what Christ wants me to do, that means some of the choices I'm going to have to make are things that are not right or wrong. But if I want this, I can't do that. Uh, You know, my wife and I, uh, Dee's much more disciplined than I am in this, but my wife and I have really tried to uh, adjust. Now, we've been on vacation a little bit, so it's a little different now, but we've been trying to turn that TV off at night. Because if if we go to bed earlier, we have such a better morning. Isn't it terrible to wake up like at nine and you're halfway through, and you realize, man, it's already 11 o'clock. But it's it great when you wake up at 6.30 or 7, and you've been working, 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 and you look, it's, it's only 8.30, man. This is great. I got so much more of the day to use. That's a tough one for me, because I really veg in front of a TV, and I like to, ah. But I got to learn to veg other ways. Discipline. And the other issue is, you can't just talk. You got to walk you got to walk. And as you walk and pattern it in front of other people, they see. you know what? This guy really believes this. I mean, my son, he was nervous when he said, Dad, we're thinking about getting a candlelight service on the 24th because he knows that I've just been going, 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 and it's nice to relax. I said, that's great. That's something normal for us. We don't, we don't take vacation from God just because we go somewhere else. Okay. One more. As a result of his, this, as a result of this, many of his disciples withdrew and were not walking with him anymore. As a, as a, as a uh, because of what? Why did this verse get put in? If you read the context before, Jesus said this, you either take all of me or you get none of me. That's all it meant about drinking his blood and eating his body. Jesus was not telling you to be a cannibal. He said to his disciples, you either take all of me or none of me. And someone said, oh, I'm I'm not for that. And they quit walking with him. And that's why I have these three guys. Because Jesus Christ discipled Peter. He discipled Paul. Where did he disciple Paul? Well, he did disciple Paul. Paul came to know Christ on the road to Damascus, but then he went to Arabia for three years. Three years, and it's not told what he did. But we think he sat at the feet of Jesus Christ. Because he came back, man, he was completely mature. In his understanding, now listen, not just his knowledge, but his understanding of how to apply the knowledge. And what's the first thing Paul started doing? Discipline. It's the first thing he started doing. And of course, John. Okay, so D stands for what? Discipline. Discipline. I stands for initiate. Look at this. Paul went first to Derbe, then to Lystra, where there was a young disciple named Timothy. His mother was a Jewish believer and his father was a Greek. Timothy was well thought of by the believers in Lystra and Iconium, so Paul wanted him to join them on their journey. Now, it says that he circumcised Timothy just to make it easier to work with the Jews. He didn't do this with any other disciple. He did this because Timothy had half Jewish blood in him. So Paul knew this would open the door to talk to Jews because they thought the uncircumcised were dogs. But notice what it says. He wanted him. Now look at the next one. When Saul arrived in Jerusalem, he tried to meet with the believers, but they were all afraid of him. They did not believe he had truly become a believer. Then Barnabas brought him. Do you see the initiation? Now here, Barnabas was discipling Paul, okay? Barnabas was discipling Paul. The other guys ran away. They were scared. They're still very immature, apparently. But Barnabas said, wait a minute. If this guy claims to be a brother, he needs someone to help him. And so he initiated. How? How do you initiate? Well, it starts with prayer. One thing I found very uh, universal, and it, it does disturb me, is I've had guys say, Nate, I don't have any disciples. And I ask them, are you praying for disciples? No. Well, guess what? You're getting the answer to your prayers. <laughs> you're not asking for any, and you're not getting any. You need to pray. That means you proactively ask God, God, is there someone, let's say you're, you're just neutral right now. You're not getting input, and you're not giving any output. Lord, is there someone that I can get, that can speak truth into my life from the Word of God? Show me that person. And then, Lord, are there people that, as Nate tells me, and teaches me, and models to me, can I take what I've learned and do the same with others? And then, invitation. Now, what do I mean by invitation? Let people know you're willing to disciple. What do I mean by this? Here's what I'm going to say. Do not, and I've seen this. I do not believe in this. I hear guys that use it all the time because uh, they, uh, they use the Jesus model. What did Jesus do? He went up in the mountain, right? And he prayed all night. And then he came down and he picked 12 guys. Now, folks, that's a bad model for us. Okay? Do I look Omniscient hey, don't laugh so hard. (laughs) You barely look sane. No, omniscient, all-knowing. Here's the person who knew everything about everyone and he still picked Judas because there was a plan. So here's the worst thing I can do. Brother, I spent all night praying and God put you on my heart. He wants you to be my disciple. You will be my disciple, won't you? (laughs) Now, why do I say don't do that? Because here's what happens. I strong-armed Danny Perez to be my disciple. Brother Danny, yes, God spoke. I went up on the hill, and I thought I was going to hear, kickle, 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 but I didn't. I heard, Danny, Danny, Danny. Okay. And Danny says, okay. Four months into our discipleship, we're upping the accountabilities, and I find out that Danny has a terrible problem with hobbies. That's not a sin, is it? No. But he's spending all of his money on hobbies. Okay? He's got to have the newest golf equipment, the newest scuba equipment, the newest, you name it, you know? Right? And so I say, hey, Danny, listen, the Lord's been laying on my heart, you know? Y- your wife hasn't had any new clothes in <laughs> 10 years. Your children are eating rice pudding three times a day. The cardboard box that you live in. Danny, the Lord wants you to take some of your funds and use it properly. And here's what Danny says. Who are you to tell me that? Well, Danny, we're in discipleship. Yeah, but I didn't want to be in discipleship. You pushed it. See, here's what I do. Church, yeah. I'm starting a discipleship group. If anybody wants to check it out, come. You know what happens when you come? You can ask every guy I've ever discipled, including in Song's Sun. Come three times, then make a decision. Why? You may come and after two times you go, I just don't, Nate and I just don't hit it off. Because folks, discipleship's also got to do with personality. And not, a, you know, librarians don't like me. Because I talk too much. I mean, <laughs> Peter Tanji, he looks out his office to make sure I'm not around so he can get out. Because <laughs> I'll grab him and let's talk for a while. <laughs> okay? That's just who I am. I'm not going to apologize for it. I've had to learn to discipline. But what I'm saying is, after three times, if you say you're in, you're in. And when I confront you on something in love, and it will always be in love, because I hate doing it to begin with, okay? And you say, who are you to tell me? I'd say, hey, wait a minute. I didn't make you get in this. Nobody put a gun to your head. You chose to be in discipleship. That's what this is about. It's about iron sharpening iron. Have you not, you know, I, I talked to a friend yesterday, a brother about my message, and he had the guts to tell me, I think it's the wrong message. And I know he was nervous about it, but that's because most people only see me from the outside. They don't know I'm really not a mean guy. And I really don't really get insulted and hurt when you give criticism unless you're my wife. That's the person that God has used the most in my life and I have the hardest time with it. But most everybody else, I have a wide open ear to say, okay, yeah, let me think about that. Let's, Let's look at that. So you invite. You pray and you invite. This is initiation. Okay, you initiate. I want disciples. I want to be discipled. And God will answer. So D is what? And I is what? Oh, Nate, we're going to be here for two hours now. No, those are the big ones because these next ones are so easy. Sovereign. What do I mean? Sovereign. At the end of the day, folks, listen to this. At the end of the day, all of your disciples were brought to you by God. All. All. Guess what this means, though? See, this is why you don't quit on a disciple. You have the Lord help them quit on you. Okay, you don't don't give them all your time, especially the ones that aren't growing. You You have to be disciplined. But what I'm saying is your obligation is not to your disciple. Your obligation is to God. And he brought this person into your life. Believe me, Folks, I've had disciples. I'm going, Lord Jesus, please help them find someone else to disciple them. You know? (laughs) Let him really get insulted by my lesson and leave. Then Jesus said, I chose the 12 of you, but one is a devil. Wow. Nobody likes a Judas. I've had a couple, they're hard. And now a word to you who are elders in the churches. Listen, I too am an elder, a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and I too will share in his glory when he is revealed into the whole world. As a fellow elder, I appeal to you, listen, care for the flock that God entrusted to you. What? You know, I hear guys talk about how they want to dump their church and go, wait, wait, wait wait a minute. Has God said you're done? Because he's the one you're obligated to. So D is what? I is what? And what's the next letter? S, sovereign. C, commitment. Commitment. Now here's the difference. I'm obligated to God. What's my commitment? My commitment is partly, listen, listen, listen. My commitment is I am partly responsible for your spiritual walk. Not totally, I'm not gonna take that one on, that's not fair. But I'll tell you what, it really burns me and I know my wife's been trying to help me because Dee's a little more proactive with her girls, I'm a little more laid back with my guys but she's really been spurring me and it's helped me to say, you know what, I've got to do something with this guy because I owe him this. I'm obligated to God but I'm committed to this person. Folks, let me tell you something, some of you are in small groups And if you don't commit to say, we're going to develop a discipleship, not just a small group, it will never happen. It will never happen. You will continue to be the typical Western church, which is a church that meets on Sundays and has small groups in the middle of the week, which is wonderful, but it's not the best. The best is a church that has meetings on Sundays or whatever day they have corporate worship, and then they also have... Maybe two meetings, a small group, that at the very end they break up into a small discipleship accountability. Because I know it's hard to be out two extra nights. So you could have a small group, Bible study. Did, Did you know, I'm embarrassed. Did you know that I have meetings with my guys and there's no food? No food. We don't even take pictures. Just, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, that, that's where we're going. We get together for a glorified dinner in Bible time, which is great, but it's not the best. The best is after you finish eating and you've done your belching and you've talked about the Bible, you sit down with a buddy of yours and you go, so how'd it go this week? You know that thing we were talking about last week? Yeah, how did it turn out? what happened well the guy was rude to me so I, so I punched him in the face well you know let's 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 ask do you think Jesus wanted you to do that you know I mean well I did ask him if I punch him and kill him does he know where he'd go no that, that doesn't count <laughs> okay Notice what this says. When they arrived, he declared, you know that from the day I set foot in the province of Asia until now, I have done the Lord's work humbly and with many tears, I've endured the trials that came to me from the plots of the Jews. I never shrank back from telling you what you needed to hear either publicly or in your homes. I have no—I have—I have had one message for Jews and Greeks alike, the necessity of repenting from sin and turning to God and, ha- and of having faith in our Lord Jesus. And now I'm bound by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. I don't know what awaits me except that the Holy Spirit tells me in city after city that jail and suffering lie ahead. Notice what he says though, because this is what I want you to get the end of. But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus Christ. Obligation the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. And now I know that none of you to and now I know that none of you to whom I have preached the kingdom will ever see me again. I declare here's commitment. I declare that I have been faithful. If anyone suffers eternal death, it is not my fault. For I didn't shrink from declaring all that God wants you to know. My wife and I have seen people when we've told them the truth, they walk away from us forever but I'm okay with that because the last thing I want to do is to number one, not share the gospel and see someone lost. But it also to me is just as almost as bad to have a believer stand before Christ. And Jesus says, what did you do with your spiritual life? And he goes, I did nothing. And he looks at me, and says, what did you do to help him? I said, nothing, I didn't want to offend him. I didn't want him to leave the group. His food was always so good. <laughs> you see my point? Your commitment is I'm gonna tell you the good and the bad. I'm gonna tell you the fun and the not so fun. Do you know what it's like to have to tell a woman who's married to a guy that, you know I just, I look at the guy and I go, yeah, I'd rather be married to a slug than you. But you know what? what? God wants you to keep your vow, honey but I deserve to be happy. No, you don't. What? No, you don't. Did, did God send this man to you and it said you must marry him? No, you chose him. So stop blaming him. Now, what we want to do is see if he can get in this guy and work this marriage to what it should be. And that can happen. I've seen it happen. But for you to run away, because you've got to be happy And you know, I met one woman, she's been unhappy five times already. (laughs) Yeah, she's on husband number six. She just keeps picking the same guy every time, just looks different. D is what? I is what? S is what? C is what? Right. This is where you find out. How do I move my small group into discipleship? Are we discipleship yet? No. Oh, okay. See, it just, won't, it just won't just happen. It just doesn't. It has to be intentional. What do you mean? Hey, you know, guys, we've been doing this Bible study for six months, three months, whatever you choose. And I've been praying that maybe some of us want to move up to higher accountabilities. And that's what discipleship is. You know, we get together, we study the Bible. That's a blast. It's great. But I don't stop and say, okay, now, what did you learn and how are you going to apply it next week? And then you come back next week and you tell me whether you succeeded with that application. That's accountability. You know, you keep coming to the church all the time asking for money. Can we ask, what, what do you spend your money on? How much do you make? See, that's the kind of, I mean, I'm talking accountability where we used to have a guy open his checkbook to us. We actually, I, we actually made a friend of mine named Bo, we made him take a model plane back, a flying model plane. Because his wife and kids were being cheated out of food because he wanted to have a model plane. And you know what he did? He took it back. And he came back the following week and he said, guys, I feel so much better because I know I did what Jesus wanted me to do. We didn't make them when I say make. We said, if you really want to do what God wants, you got your kids missing out on books at school and your wife missing out on food. She called me. She said, I don't even have enough food to cook proper meals for my family. And you go out and spend $350 on a model airplane. Dude. If I was your wife, I would wind the plane up, put you on it, and send it off somewhere, (laughs) right? Intentional. The things which you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Now, when there is not accountability and commitment to each other on spiritual walk, that is a Bible study. Nothing wrong with a Bible study. But it's not the best. Titus, look how intentional. I left you on the island of Crete so you would complete our work there and appoint elders in each town as I instructed you. That's what I left you there for. I didn't leave you there to enjoy the nice weather at Crete. Okay, almost done. D. I. S, C, I, see now nobody's going to leave here not knowing how to spell disciple, okay? P, personal, personal. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I've told you everything the father told me. It's not a business contract not a business contract so you'll never say what they say in mafia okay nothing personal it's just business no this is very personal listen listen to me if your disciple doesn't know you want it why will they why will they if this is a take it or leave it scenario why are they going to be committed to you it's very personal Also, I just want to, just as an example, I'm not going to read the whole thing. Give my greetings to the church that meets in their home. Greet my dear friend. Notice what he says. Okay? Then go down further. He says, greet Amphis, my dear friend. Then the very last one, and my dear friend. This wasn't just business. That's probably the hardest thing about groups of pastors. They're business associates. They're not friends. That's not healthy. Second Corinthians 6.11, our mouth is spoken freely. You, oh, Corinthians, our heart is wide open or is open wide. You, there's, I, don't, I don't keep secrets. I'm transparent, right? That's what you're saying. That doesn't mean you let everybody in on everything. There's things that, that my wife and I don't, that our business only. But pretty much everything else is very Transparent. We'll go on and then we'll spell it one last time. Love. This is just simple, okay? If you don't love your disciples, they will see it. And you need to know this, and this is the important thing. Love is the only quality, folks, the only quality that will carry you through the rough times of discipleship. Why? Well, let's see why. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. What? Oh, boy, you forgive when you love. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Notice, hold it back. Truth wins out. When your disciple gives in to God, you don't rejoice because you were right, you rejoice because your disciple listened to the Lord. Love never gives up. Oh boy, see? Even on Judas. He comes in the garden and Jesus says, Where you been, friend? Every, every inch that Christ could give, he gave. Never loses faith, it is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Folks, when you quit or give up or whatever on disciples, I'm gonna tell you this. You got a problem in your love life. And you know what it usually is? It's because you're trying to love them from your heart. And we're just too conditional, folks. You gotta love them from God's heart. He loves through you unconditionally. Last one, and this is what's so exciting. Discipleship is exponential. Okay? Okay? You want to make an impact in your families and your neighborhoods? You disciple. Why? Because what happens is people get hungry for Jesus. They start finding other people to disciple, and it just explodes. Look at look what it says. And some of them were persuaded, and a great multitude of devout Greeks and not a few of the leading women joined Paul and Silas. But the Jews who were not persuaded became envious, took some of the evil men from the marketplace, and gathering a mob, set all the city in an uproar, and attacked the house of Jason and sought to bring them out to the people wide. Notice what it says. But when they did not find in the Jason and some brethren to the rulers of the city crying out, these who have turned the world upside down. What? They didn't have television. They didn't have a beautiful studio and have a, you know, look all racy and the big diamond rings and all that. Hey, yeah, yeah. And the health, wealth, prosperity what they do? They went in and they discipled people and they discipled people and they discipled people and they discipled people and they turned the entire world upside down because it wasn't one person doing it. It was one who did 12, 12 did 12, 12, but boom, and explodes. Acts 6, one. Now at this time, while the disciples were increasing in number, the word of God kept on spreading and the number of disciples continued to increase greatly. And when he'd found him and brought him to Antioch for an entire year, they met with the church and taught considerable numbers. And disciples were first called Christians. That term is used three times in the New Testament. They were first called Christians. Who were they? Disciples. Not Bible studiers. Disciples. After they had preached the gospel to that city and had many disciples, These are the ones that turn the world upside down. D stands for what? I S C I P L E After teaching for three years the last thing Christ said was sorry I should have erased that one. I wanted to put them on together. These are the last two statements we know of. From the longest gospel and from the book of Acts, therefore go and make disciples. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses everywhere. Now listen, folks, here's here's the wrap up. One focal point. Okay, If, if you're giving money to this church, thank you. If you attend this church, thank you. If you usher or play music or sing, or thank you. God loves that. But did you know he doesn't have those commands? He tells you you got gifts. He says, I want to use you. But you know what the main focus is? What I want you to reproduce what I've done in you in someone else and help them know that they should do that also. You want a great goal for 2014? Lord Jesus, let me get someone discipling me and let me start discipling others. What a great goal. That's pretty simple, too. You know, this, this, that, that, oh, Lord, we got to get a new building. God. God will take care of that stuff. He will. That doesn't mean you don't have to look. It doesn't mean you don't, we still got to do other things. I understand that. But the focus of our energy is to reproduce ourselves, the good stuff especially. <laughs> They'll pick up the bad stuff, don't worry. But the good stuff in someone else and help them see that, you know what? You can do it just like Jesus did it. You can do it just like Paul did it. Folks, someone who Paul shared with shared with someone and that went on for centuries until John State shared with me. And I didn't just get saved. He's turned my life and I hate my sin, and I hate my failures. But he doesn't focus on that. He says, Nate, look forward to this meeting with me and be able to say that, Lord, I didn't do the best I possibly could, I know, because I'm a sinner. But with all my might, I never quit trying to disciple and be discipled. That's a great goal, folks. Father, Father, Thank you for this time today. Thank you for my brothers and sisters being polite and giving me time to share. Thank you for Pastor Insong and Pastor Danny giving me the invitation. Thank you for my son allowing me to use his car. Thank you for my wife's generous spirit of wanting to be part of this and to give our Sunday here. Thank you for CCFLA. And Lord God, I pray that 2014 will see CCFLA infect Los Angeles with discipleship. Okay, it's not the numbers, God. We know that. Even if everybody here just gets one, that's better than none. That's the start. I just pray that you will encourage this body of believers to glorify you that way. Holy Spirit of God, I'm going to step down off the platform and we're just going to ask that you search our hearts for just a few moments and then we'll close. Search our hearts just now.
1: we want to thank you for speaking to our hearts this morning. And what you've given us to do, Lord, is not complicated. Thank you, Lord God, that through the power of your Holy Spirit, we can do what you've asked us to do. Because left on our own, Lord God, we will not do this. We cannot possibly do this, Lord. But you have given us your Holy Spirit. And for so long as we are committed to follow you, you have promised to supply us with everything that we need to accomplish the work that you've given to us. You have even assured us, Lord God, of your presence. As we disciple and be discipled. For it only takes one person, Lord God, to bring a lost soul to your kingdom. Lord, let this be our goal for the coming year. That for those of us who may not yet be in a discipleship relationship, Lord, for these people, our brothers and sisters, Lord, to pray about it and listen to what you want to tell them to do. Help us, Lord, who are already in discipleship relationships, Lord, to prayerfully consider how to disciple other people so that we can grow exponentially, Lord God. For as we see the times happening around us, Lord God, your eventual return is coming much closer and closer with every day. And we pray, Lord, that in the time that we yet have, that we will be able to impact the society around us. We agree with the prayer of Pastor Nathan, Lord God, that we infect the people around us with the gospel. We infect them with discipleship, Lord God. For even churches around us, Lord, are dying for lack of discipleship. Busy with plans and programs rather than the purpose of discipling. Forgive us, Lord God. Forgive our brothers and sisters. Embed in our hearts, Lord God, the fervent desire to obey you in the area of discipleship. We want to lift up to your pastor, Nathan, and his wife, Dee Dee, Lord God. But you will continue to bless the ministry that you've given to them that you will raise the funds that they need to continue the work that you've given to them, that you will keep them healthy. And the times that they have to spend with their family, Lord, will be precious and enrichment to each and every one of them, Lord God. Thank you for Pastor Nathan's desire to bring your word whenever we ask him to. And we know that his reward is great in heaven. So bless him and bless his wife, Lord God, and his family. And even give them the desires of their heart. So we commit them to you, in Jesus' name. Amen.
2: Pastor Danny. Yeah, let's give Pastor Nate a big hand for doing <laughs> that. Now, we, we are serious about the message of discipleship. So if God touched your heart, this morning and you want to be discipled, you know, just put a short note, drop it in the box and say, I want to be discipled, this is my contact number. And we will get in touch with you. Because Pastor Song, myself, and the other leaders are committed to make ourselves available to people who want to do that. Or if you think you have questions, and you know, I still don't understand what it is. Can, some, can, can someone please clarify this with me, do so. I promise we will get back to you as quickly as we can, because that's what we're here for. And we need to pray for Pastor In Song because Pastor In Song is going. Did you know that Lynette shared yesterday? Yes. Right? Were you blessed? Yes. Wow! Awesome. Uh, you better pray for Pastor In Song's son to get married. I mean, for the for the. I didn't say that quite well, right? For the marriage plan to continue. And to happen, because if that doesn't happen, he's not going to shave, okay? (laughs) And believe me, it doesn't look good. (laughs) So can you pray for that wedding to happen? Can you pray for him to have a safe trip? And most of all, can we pray that he comes back to us, okay? Why don't we pray for him too? Father, we just thank you for God, the way that you've used Pastor Inzong and Lynette in this ministry. Lord, you know, You know, it was an answered prayer for CCFLA to have them. And thank you for the way that you have shown your power, your grace, your awesome might in the life of Lynette especially, for giving her a new lease of life. And because of that, Lord, she is forever, forever committed to you, to love you and to honor you for what you have done. And we know, Lord, that's because of the prayer of these people, that Pastor In Song and Lynette have been discipling, and because of you. So, Father, we pray that Pastor In Song will go, will have a nice trip to Manila, allow him to be able to finish everything that he needs to do here, and then, Lord, give him a great time with his family. And I pray that uh, that wedding of his son will happen indeed, and it will be a glorifying thing for you. The whole family. Thank you again for pastoring Song Lord. Allow him to go and come back to us. We love him. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
1: Thank you very much.